everybody, welcome to Beyond the Gate, our Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Meg. And we are here today to talk about episode four, An Alchemist's Anguish. Yes, this, so for a summary of the episode, um, the Elrics meet Shao Tucker, a leading researcher in the field of chimeras. He has much to teach Ed and Al about alchemy and the horrible cruelty that sometimes accompanies it. All right, let's jump right into the episode. So we start with the first scene. It kind of it opens with um, a mysterious man with an X-shaped scar. <laughs> I don't even remember how it opens. Yeah, he he's a very imposing guy who's wearing these sunglasses oh wait yeah um, you don't even see the scar he's wearing his sunglasses yeah well you can kind of see something but in anime i'm always confused about what a scar is and what's a birthmark because they just kind of yeah they always like kind of look the same yeah to, to oh that's okay i was just gonna say like oh i feel like a scar is usually like they draw in like like the skin like looks rough but in mm-hmm. full metal they don't actually do that no the skin tone is just a couple shades lighter than the others or or in the case of ed who has very light skin already it's oh just gosh, pink. i'm actually thinking of like all like i was like oh what about in demon slayer but no nope it's just like yeah but in avatar you can tell it's a scar in avatar it's a, yes they yes. actually make it okay it's a, um uh and so this mysterious guy wearing sun wearing sunglasses he's <laughs> He has the showdown with, you think he says the iron blood alchemist, I think is what he says. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, the iron blood alchemist is like, you can't kill me or whatever. And, um, he's just asking he, to get himself killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and he like puts, he like does alchemy and like puts this guy in a, in a, like a metal box um and he, it seems like he won he's won but he has not he the the box like breaks apart and he grabs grabs the alchemist's face and it you just see blood yep and he says his um i guess you could call it a catchphrase Mm-hmm. Um, a foolish alchemist who's turned their back on God. Yes, and then he disappears, and, and then, then we see some of our military dudes. Um, <laughs> our dudes, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hughes and uh, Major Armstrong. And even the Fuhrer shows up and they're kind of checking out the scene and talking about who's, who is this mysterious guy that's apparently he's been going around killing alchemists and there's kind of an urgency in figuring out who it is. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Roy's office, which, um, I don't know. I was always kind of confused when I was like watching this. Um, reading it is easier, uh, but like, you know, 
Hughes and the Pure and Armstrong, they're all in Central, um, which is like the the yes. capital city. But Roy is in um, Eastern Command. Yeah, Eastern Command with his with his crew. Yeah. Um, and there's this uh, brief mention of a mining town and a lieutenant yoki i think that, that, yes that's, that's i want to say yoshi say but it's yoki it's yoki yeah oh. um and this is actually it's actually important um yeah yeah this definitely. is a i think it's chapter three of the manga um i believe so and I'm i think it's just titled it. Uh, let me go to my notes. I think it's just titled the the mining town. Yep. Um, and basically, there's this mining town that's owned by a uh, corrupt lieutenant Yoki, and he treats the miners very poorly. And like, it's like the classic story where it's like they're being taxed, and they're all poor, and they all hate him. He's just greedy. Um, and that would make Ed and, Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's actually true. Um, and Ed kind of tricks him into uh, into selling him the the town, which then Ed turns over to the miners. Yep, and, it's really funny. It's um, actually in the original 2003 Full Metal Alchemist, they do have an episode of this. I believe they changed some things, but yeah, the they, had part, like they, a, the they had like a they had like a strange like girl, girl oh, who could do Lystra? alchemy. Uh, Lyria, like I don't. Really like I, don't. I didn't like her. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yes. Yeah. Anyway, but, in in the manga though, um, like Meg said, uh, Ed kind of liberates this mining town, um, and Yoki is presumably punished um well by the the miners and also because he's a corrupt military official who was using the town to his benefit uh it's like the sheriff of nottingham there and then um when ed tricks him he changes coal into gold which is forbidden for alchemists to do tells al to look away while he does it <laughs> and um he gives the gold to yoki who in turn sells him the town and Ed goes to the miners, and um, he wasn't treated the absolute greatest by them before because they were mistrusting of alchemists, or state alchemists, I should say. But he brings them the deed to the town and says that he'll sell it to them for a meal and a night's stay at the inn. And that's how he saved the mining town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, well, I really, I really enjoy that story. Um, and I think it also just shows, like, you know, one of the, the laws of alchemy is that you can't make gold. Um, mm -hmm. And it just shows that Ed, he isn't afraid um, to break the rules to help people. Yes. And um, also just throughout throughout the story, he's very, like, snarky and also, like, <laughs> very, like, he has, like, his evil smile when he's I picking. I love his smile. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and also just kind of drives home that people don't like the military or, or yes. the, the government that's in power right now. Yeah. Um, 
And right and after that, just the, to briefly mention this as well, it also skips at, um the anime also skips over the um chapter four battle on the train, which is another one that is in the two thousand three, but they do change it quite a bit. Um, but I would recommend reading it in the manga. It's just a very good character building um chapter, especially for Al too, because he and Ed mm-hmm. work together to free this train from um a guy named Bald who takes it over and um there there's um a man from the military who's quite important on board that he's trying to capture. Ed saves him. Um Roy uh meets him at the train station and there's this brief scene of them having their, you know, friendly, not so friendly banter and yeah, it's just kind of important for the characters, but not important enough of a storyline to keep in brotherhood, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna add to that that I think it, it shows like how smart Ed and Al are because there's like I don't know there, there's like 10 plus guys and they take them all down and there's like also like a moment where Ed like uh he uses the resources around him to yes. um defeat defeat the bad guys and i just you know they're they're smart and they're they're smooth under pressure they don't most part yes yeah yeah Uh, except (laughs) except when ed gets called sure like that that's that's his really like his trigger i i liked al in that chapter especially because he's very sweet he's a gentle giant yeah that's yeah, and when when the the train robbers they have guns, they have weapons. So when Al confronts them, of course they point their weapons, and Al says, "Don't shoot!" And you think he's saying that, you know, for his benefit, but really what he means is, "Don't shoot!" The bolts will ricochet, and the bad guys get hurt. And Al's just like, "I told you guys not to shoot. I don't want anyone to get hurt." Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, just uh, as it comes up later in this in this episode, but. Ed can go too far, but Al is there to kind of stop and be like, Wait, brother, don't, you're going to kill him. Um, <laughs> and also, again, this just, this chapter also just highlighted that people don't like the military and there, there's a lot of unrest in the country. And, mm-hmm. oh, also, I think this is the first time that you see um, Roy, or Colonel Mustang, you see his flame alchemy, which yes. we already have seen sort in of. the, we already have seen in the anime. Yeah, um, they don't they don't um focus on it that but much. Here, but here, like this is like the big reveal, like he's yes. the flame alchemist. Um, which I guess more about the manga. I saw you already put the note about like yeah. how they explain. You can you can talk about that. Yes. So this actually does relate to the episode we're on, episode four, because uh. The Alchemist's Suffering, which is the name of chapter five in the manga, actually picks up where they left off at the train station. Um, Roy has just used his alchemy, and um, there are some other members of the military asking how he did that. Um, Gene Havoc ha- happens to be there, and he is one of Mustang's men, and he explains that the colonel's glove is made out of a special reactive cloth. When you rub it together, it sparks. The rest is just adjusting the oxygen level in the air around what you want to combust, and then boom. So, Roy's really smart, too. 
if he can just at the drop of a hat adjust the oxygen to make what he wants to get set on fire you know explode mm-hmm. yeah yeah i thought that was well i i like the, the science the explanations um yeah. <laughs> uh yeah and so that's kind of like and then like that meeting at the train station then kind of leads into this office scene um where they're talking about um in the anime they're they're talking about uh that you know after their experience in Lior and like with the philosopher's stone and i think they they you know talking about the chimera that they saw there and like we need to understand more about chimeras and bioalchemy and roy uh can connect them with a bioalchemist here in the eastern command center or in the city um so he takes them to meet the shao tucker or the sewing life alchemist and um roy kind of tells him about that the shao tucker he made a talking chimera that could understand human speech and that's how he originally became a state alchemist and um it's kind of sad because the talking chimera the only thing that it said was it wants to die and then it like refused to eat and it starved to death um so it's it's kind of a depressing it starts out right away as a depressing story um but uh (laughs) but then um we also meet some other awesome very adorable characters um ed is immediately attacked by a dog um his name's alexander and he pyrenees yeah i think i think you're right great pyrenees um yeah we meet alexander and then also um uh tucker's also alexander's daughter (laughs) puppies (laughs) Uh, uh, so they talk with tucker and he's like i can help you guys learn more about bioalchemy um and uh he says that he'll help them if the boys tell him their story and then they kind of reveal like yeah we did human transmutation and we're trying to get our bodies back uh okay and then we go to the library um tucker has a library in his home which is my dream (laughs) um (laughs) and i i just i love this scene because like Ed and Al get like so excited about yes, like, yes, books and like they run in to read and I love anybody who enjoys reading. So, um, and then they just spend the whole day reading and kind of at at the end of the day, um, uh, Al kind of gets distracted by Nina and he's playing with her and then uh. Alexander jumps on Ed again and he's kind of frustrated, but, um, it's, it's kind of a funny, it's a funny scene. And, um, there's a awesome dad joke. 
<laughs> That's such- Why does it have to come from him, though? <laughs> I know. I know. But, you know, he's like, the boys are dog tired. <laughs> yeah. Grieve an objection here, but I do love this part because Ed is the kind of person who really focuses in on something when he's when he's in something he doesn't want to be disturbed. So he's reading all day, gets a little bit annoyed with Al for taking a break to play with Nina, but then Nina kind of, you know, opens up to them and is like, "Well, my mom's not around. It gets kind of lonely, but I have Alexander, but Daddy's busy, so she's not really I think complaining." That's in, the, that's in the next. That's in the scene. next scene, yes. But you can. Before she confides in them, even you can kind of see that she's a little bit lonely. She's lonely. And, yeah, yeah. So Ed has some compassion, and rather than saying, "Oh, you're lonely, let me play with you," he's like, mm, "My shoulders need to stretch out. I'll play with the dog to he, exercise." Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't, you know, he cares, but you know, he's classic. Like, I'm too cool to to care, but I do care. <laughs> um, and. Okay. I don't want to skip the middle scene because that's kind of important. Um so after after um Ed and Al leave, they um Tucker looks really tired and concerned and it, it um turns out that he needs that every two years the alchemists have to um State alchemists have to take an exam to get like recertified. Uh, Yeah, or or like, or maybe maybe it is every year. I thought it was an annual thing, and it was it was like a that would make more sense. Two years, yeah. It's 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 just to make sure that they're like making progress and you know adding adding to the body of knowledge about um, alchemy. And so he's kind of stressed about that. Um, and it's really cute because his daughter's like, you can do it. Um, should talk about their voice actors and stuff. Oh, yeah, I can do that. So voice actor notes for Nina. Nina Tucker is played by Brina Palencia. Apologies if I butcher any of these names. Uh, she was also Shiro Takahoji from Oron High School Host Club. Minoru Mineta, my least favorite character of all time, from My Hero Academia, mm. and Reen Soma from Fruits Basket, who is a decent character. <laughs> yes, yeah, she she's she has her moments. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, mostly because mm. she makes Haru happy. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Oh <laughs> man, if 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 Justin Cook, Justin Cook's not in this, right? Uh, side characters. I think I thought I heard his voice in a very minor character. Okay, but Blake's. not one where we would be like. Yeah. Okay. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shao Tucker is played by Chuck Huber, who was also Kiragiri from My Hero Academia, Android 17 from Dragon Ball, and Frankenstein from Soul Eater. And um, Nina's name means little girl, and it's in Spanish roots. And Shao means longevity. It has Chinese roots. And their last name, Tucker, means Taylor which is English roots. Kind of ironic because he's the sewing life alchemist. Okay. Next day. Yes, the next day. They're back at the library again reading. Um, And yeah, as Megan mentioned earlier, they're kind of hanging out with Nina and talking about, and she's talking about like being lonely and her father is so busy. And we get like this 
brief flashback of Edna looking in on their father, like um, studying, and they. Okay, I guess we don't know if it, we can assume it's his their father, but yeah, I don't say for sure. Um, and like you kind of see, like they they understand. Um, and then yes, Ed pretends like he needs to stretch his shoulder. And so they go outside and and are playing with Alexander and Nina. <clears throat> and it's super cute. And it's just like kids being kids. And uh, which I, I, I like because like, I don't know, like their lives are so serious and they've had so many terrible things happen to them. And it's just nice to see like they're, they're, they're still kids. Yeah. Um, and they can still be kids, even though you know they've been life has scarred them um yeah i like and how then, um ed makes like that little puppet with his arm to chase nina and yeah, alexander with. That was so cute oh that was yeah. so cute <laughs> <laughs> all right um, well and then they're kind playing of, it, though yeah you kind of see like tucker's like really stressed about passing his exam um and yeah so something something bad might happen stress is not good people yes like well like okay him. that's not completely well, true yeah depends i on, know depends on the person and anyway no we're yeah. not gonna but i don't want to talk it, about my rule of thumb with that like i it's okay to put pressure on yourself to make yourself mm-hmm. do things but stress is something you have to be wary of and like in in <laughs> Hamilton, you need to take a break, otherwise, yes, something's yep. gonna happen. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Because like, literally, like you can make a horrible decisions, or also your body can literally like break down. Yeah. So take breaks, people. Like I am right now. <laughs> I should be writing my grant. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> okay. But anyway, then it cuts to a different scene with Hughes and Armstrong. Yes, and they are just—they're talking about um, Scar and how he got away, and they can't find him. Um, and there's kind of this uh, another brief mention of um, well, kind of like. State alchemists are dogs in the military, but they're supposed to be like pillars of science and truth. But they're kind of just abused for their powers if if they're in the military. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, and then we kind of quickly cut back to Tucker and Nina and Ed and Al, and Tucker's talking again about passing the exam and how he's so concerned about it. Um. And also, I guess here and also I think in other places, he kind of mentions like, oh, we were so poor before and we were so bad off um, when I wasn't state state alchemist. So, you know, that kind of seems how he's justifying like being stressed about passing, passing the exam and whatever. I believe he, he, uh accuses his wife of leaving them because they were poor he says something like my wife couldn't stand it and left yeah, us yeah yeah i think you're i think you're right he does yeah. say that so and, he's kind of <sighs> i don't know red flags you know go up uh when they first met tucker 
he invited them in his house and said something like, I apologize for the mess. It's been hard to keep up with things ever since my wife left me. Like, who just says my wife left me to two yeah, strangers? Yeah, he's like pretty like, oh, my, my wife left. And yeah, yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot to... Uh... <laughs> We totally forgot that part, but yeah, that happens <laughs> <laughs> right right away. That's literally that's like I think like one of the first things he says to them, which mm-hmm. it's like okay, bro, <laughs> like airing out your dirty laundry so quickly. <laughs> um, <Jesus> help. <laughs> and then and then we have the the fatal question that Tucker asks Nina. Is like, do you want to play with Daddy tomorrow? No, and Nina, don't head, do it. Like, no, don't do it. And oh. she's like so sweet and like yeah i do and and she's oh she's so adorable and she's like so supportive of her dad and it's it's so cute but but <laughs> but yeah then uh, okay the scene comes. yes the scene uh so it's the next day and now kind of walk walk into the house they're they're looking for for anyone for tucker nina alexander and it's very the whole like vibe of the house has definitely changed. It's kind yes. of like everything's kind of dark. And and like, if you noticed, there are toys stacked in the hallway. Like, oh, why would I they be out in the hallway instead of in Nina's room? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Okay. 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 So <laughs> back back to it. Yes. Um, so they find Tucker and he immediately tells them, like, I made a chimera that can talk. And you see, like, this white dog creature with, um, like long brown hair. And, um, he, Tucker's like, say say um Ed, edward and that, that chimera does edward yeah yep um and he's saying like edward edward uh and then ed at first is super excited he's like wow you did it um but then the big chimera brother. says big brother which is something that um nina was Call, know, call him that yeah call him and you just see ed's eyes totally change as he realizes what has happened and he very he very he very quickly like figures out what what happens he's like when did your wife um run away and when when did you first become a you know state alchemist and make a chimera a talking chimera and he yeah he very quickly figures out that that uh Tucker has used Alexander and Nina to make a talking chimera oh. um and Ed just goes ballistic he he attacks Tucker and he starts punching him repeatedly with his metal arm um tell tell Al kind of tells him to stop uh but while while he's punching him um he says Tucker says a few a few interesting things mm-hmm. um he's kind of dr- trying to justify just justify what he's done 
And um, one thing that he says is you can only do so much with animals after all. It's much easier when you start with a human. Um, And I think I like, I actually like better what he says in the manga. Um, uh, He says the progress of medicine, the progress of human knowledge is the result of experimenting on humans. Someone has to do it. As a scientist, you should be the first to, and then it cuts him off. Um, It's a really heavy thing to say. Yeah, and uh, I do not <laughs> I agree with them. Um, I mean, okay, that's that's not. I, it is true that he says it's it's much easier when you start with the human, like because like a lot of the times, you know when you're doing research you're you're trying to come up with new therapies or develop new drugs to uh to use uh to treat diseases and when you're testing those things out you usually use um animals or also like cells and that's you know that's as close as we can get to mimicking like humans and it's uh i guess in in some ways i can see like you could you could spend years and years and years and so much money like working on this one drug thinking like oh it's gonna it's gonna you know it worked it worked in this animal model and it worked in this cell line but then when you test it in a you know finally get to the point where um it's been proven to be safe to like use in humans and then it does nothing and it's like mm-hmm. feels like oh we wasted all this time and money and it didn't even work or it has it's very minimal effect where if like you just tried it out in humans then you would know and it would be you know you wouldn't waste all this time but that's not ethical no no and you know you don't you don't want anybody to be hurt like there's a reason why we have this we do the things that the way that we do and i think ed kind of says says it he's like how can you mess around with someone's life like Mm -hmm. if these are real people with with real thoughts and and feelings and souls and family that cares about them and then tucker turns it around and says well isn't that what you did Yes, yes, I was going to bring that up. That's like a perfect segue. Um, that, yeah, he tries to tell Ed, like, they, they're the same. They did the same thing, but I don't think that's true because Tucker, he intentionally is hurting someone. Um, like, he does something to, to, he hurts his daughter. Like, I mean, he basically kind of kills her. Um, where Ed and Al, uh, they, they're trying to bring someone back to life. They're, they're not trying to hurt. Like they don't, they don't think that what they're doing when they do it, like they don't think that's going to hurt, hurt their mother. They're, they're trying to bring her back. Um, but I do agree that they are both doing it, doing it for selfish reasons. That's true. That's true. Although uh, this, That line probably gave Ed some serious flashbacks because he might be thinking about how they 
tried to bring their mother back, and the thing they brought back only suffered and yeah. died. Yeah, that is that is true. Even though that was not their that was not their intention. No, and, definitely not. Um, I do agree. Like, I think that definitely triggered something in Ed because I think he probably deep down he does think, you know, like the reason why I made him angry was because he deep down he thinks it's true that they are, you know. Maybe similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is too bad because he's got a kinder heart than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. But the sad fact of the matter is that what has been done to Nina cannot be undone, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I assume perhaps if they had found a philosopher's stone, maybe it could have helped her. But we have no way of knowing for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, there are a lot yeah. of AUs people have written where they kept Nina as like their their sidekick pet kind of kind of thing. Um, I would have liked to see that happen. Sort I'm of. sorry. I I mean, no, just just to see just, if they could. Help okay. Her. Yes. 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 I would like like to see them keep her. Yeah, to try to help her, but. Sh- that thing's creepy. Like, oh yes, <laughs> if she doesn't speak, I wouldn't speak, want to see that right. like every episode or anything. Like, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And so, I guess a uh, question that I just thought of was, what do what do you think that Tucker's explanation would be for like why Nina is gone? Because like with his wife, who uh, he obviously turned into a chimera, um. He was like, oh, she she left and is living with her parents. Like, He probably uh, would have used the same thing for Nina. Yeah, oh, I sent her to be with her mother because a child needs her mother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Or, like, um, Nina ran off to be with her mother or her mother took came, her. came back and took her. But, yeah. So it, you know, all has to do with her mother, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, anyway, so... Uh, that scene kind of wraps up with Ed beating the ever-loving daylights out of Tucker mm-hmm. and Al physically stopping him because Ed is just over the edge. But um, they leave and, well, Tucker is in trouble with the military, obviously. But something I really wish they would have put in the anime that's in the manga is um, Ed and Al are leaving and... Tucker says one thing more, kind of, you know, being a jerk, egging them on. And Al is leading Ed out the door. And Al turns around and says, Mr. Tucker, if you say one more word, this time I'll be the one to snap. And Al could really kill that dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like the the classic, like, don't make the super sweet, nice person angry because they are the scariest. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah um and then we kind of cut to uh roy he comes to the house and um reza our lieutenant hawkeye is is kind of like um you know if if there what is if there ever was such a thing as the devil's work this would be it yep yep and then um roy's kind of like talking about the military and how you know again they're the sale commissar they're dog of the military and they just do whatever they're told and he's kind of like our maybe ours and tucker's actions are not that different um mm. 
but then Ed, uh, he says probably the the best, um, the best line. Um, uh, we may be called dogs in the military. We may even be cursed as devils. That doesn't matter. Al and I are still going to get our bodies back. We know the truth. We know we're not devils. I know we're not gods. We're human. And he says, and then he kind of screams like, we're only human and who can't even do anything to save one innocent little girl. So what good are we then? And then just put my heart. Excuse me while I cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this scene like really shows Ed's true character. Like, he really, he's really nothing like Thacker. He sees humans as, as humans and worth, and worth something. Um, and it's kind of interesting because Roy, I mean, I think it's probably more of like a coping mechanism, but he seems pretty like ambivalent about the whole situation. Like he's just like, it happened. And, yeah. you know, um, he he's very cynical, I guess. And he, he even he goes up to Ed and says, How long do you plan on staying depressed or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's so he's and I don't know if he's he says it in the anime, but in the manga at least, he's kinda like, You guys are gonna have to face way worse than what you just saw. Yes. Um, which I don't know. That's Honestly, true. <laughs> so quick little uh, side story. When we first watched this episode together over a year ago, I was that close to stop watching the show entirely because this episode just freaked me out and made me so sad. Um, and my roommate at the time, Ava, she she looked over her shoulder, saw what I was watching, went, "Oh yeah." I tried watching that in middle school and I had to stop after that episode and she has since watched the show and loves it, but it is a very mature and scary thing. Um, luckily Meg's brother clued us in that this is probably the, the most, um, the worst thing that happens in worse in the, in terms of like hurts your heart and soul. That Yeah. And, and like, it's pretty like shocking and kind of horrifying. Like Mm -hmm. it's, that was pretty jarring so it's yeah yeah and it gets worse because that guy with the scar on his face is back and yes with the guy with the glasses yeah (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, yes he um i he he breaks in and yeah yeah he breaks in and he kind of says the same thing um, as before uh foolish alchemists who who straight from the path of god must be punished yeah Yep. Um, and he, he kills, he kills Tucker. Yay. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> with, well, kind of. Well, I wasn't, yeah. I, I, mean, I okay, don't believe honest, in the death penalty, honestly. Yeah, but I wasn't that sad to see him die. <laughs> what was um, sad was that he did it while Nina was watching. Uh, yes. Yeah. And you that see was her pretty, crying. Yeah. That was pretty horrible. Also, I'm glad that they killed him because in the original, they don't kill him and he like comes He's back terrible. in like increasingly worse ways and so i'm happy Poor that they, decision yeah, yeah that, that but dead. Um, yes but anyway um he 
kills Tucker. Nina is sad. She's saying daddy's hurting. She's, she's like doing what dogs do when they nudge somebody's hand or like they're sniffing mm-hmm. them when they're upset. Um, and the guy looks at Nina and you hear compassion in his voice. Um, as he says something like, I'm sorry, there's no way to turn you back, but may you go peacefully. And he kills her too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how do we how do we feel about this? That he also killed her. It's hard because in some way in some ways it was merciful to end her suffering. But in other ways, he didn't you don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe they could have found a way to save her. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't his choice to make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like with Ed and Al, like, their situation seems impossible. Like, how in the world are they going to get their bodies back? But they're not, you know, they're not giving up. They're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't just make that choice for someone. Um, but at the same time, I do, I do get it. Like, he, in his own twisted way, he was trying to help. Um, yes. A brief manga note as well. So, obviously in Brotherhood, Scar... Said his name. Well, I suppose we can say his name now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the end of the scene, they, like, reveal... Like, he takes off his his glasses, and you see he's got this giant X-shaped scar, like, over his eyes. And he's got red eyes. And, his name is Scar. Yes. Uh, So, we already talked. So, um, yeah, oh, so and- in, in the manga, um, Scar, as he is now known, is not introduced like in Brotherhood, where, you know, you see him battling other mm-hmm. alchemists. Instead, he doesn't appear until he kills Nina and Tucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like the first time you see him. Yeah, big reveal time. Yeah, but- and then kind of just the episode ends with a very brief scene of Ed and Al just sitting on the stairs, like, looking beaten down and they don't and, know that nina's dead yeah they don't they don't know that nina's dead or tucker and then that's the that that's the end it, it yeah. wraps up um we oui. yeah like well like we already mentioned um this was definitely like the hardest episode to watch um and yeah it was one where it was like well if we hadn't known it was going to get you know, this was like the worst of it. Yeah. Yeah. Might consider, might there's consider only, not watching it. Um, yes. There's only one other episode in this series that I can think of that made me almost that emotional, but with the shock and the sadness that came with this one, I would definitely say this is the most impactful episode and it's also my least favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It, okay. I don't know if it's my least favorite because i think it's really important um like i think it really shows shows who the characters are deep down and there's a lot of like growth um which we can actually talk about um so megan you had two your animation and Uh, your story elements all right so Animation-wise, the music combined in perfect time with the animation, and it really lent itself to the ominous feel. 
and you don't see Tucker's eyes a lot because of his glasses, um, which is interesting because Ed breaks the glasses later when you find out what Tucker's true colors are mm. and when he beats him up. So it's like the mask is coming off. You can finally see yeah, how crazed that, he is. That kind of reminds me of like in in Disney where the gloves, all like the, the gloves. gloves yes. Yeah, the, the characters who are hiding things wear gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And um, you really have to pay attention to the eyes in this episode. Um, and even in the manga too, uh, when Ed has that realization of what happened to Nina, his eyes get wide, but also the color kind of fades out of them. Um, and in the manga with the black and white, you really have to see it for yourself because it's very impactful. And I think it, it is a little more eerie when it's in black and white. But yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. moving on to the story analysis, this would be an example of a call to action part of a story. Something tragic happened, and that makes Ed and Al's goal of finding the Philosopher's Stone that more important. And they also realize their limitations to this experience, and they have to think about where they stand, morally speaking. Uh, yeah, I agree with with that. I agree, I agree with that analysis. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Ray already, already kind of mentioned, like, it's a super important episode for their character growth. Um, yeah. I don't know how they see the world around them. And I, I don't know. I. Even though this is, I think it's probably the worst episode to watch. I, it's like not my least favorite. I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay, anyway. Uh, now we get to some fun stuff. Yes, fun please. stuff. Um, so this episode is like pretty, I guess, say famous or infamous in in um in in the, in the full metal universe um yeah and so there's a lot of memes <laughs> <laughs> which we will which we will be sharing on our on our Instagram so check that out um so we are each going to share just share our favorite one um yep. You can go first because I actually haven't quite. Um. Yes, um, I might have stolen Meg's and that's why she's having some trouble. But <laughs> So you'll see when we post them. But my favorite is this picture of a dog, a real dog, um, that somebody has. Probably some sort of golden retriever or, or, I don't know, white lab or something like that. And they put a brown wig on it. And its back is turned and it looks exactly like nina and they did a better job than the the live action movie that's for sure um and then the person commented you son of a gun (laughs) someone else said this is not okay and (laughs) if you know you know and that's that's why i like that meme because it's just it's um traumatizing to those who know what it means yep okay I I'll go I'll go with this one with the connect two, <laughs> where it <laughs> it's it's a picture of like the connect two uh like <laughs> connect picture. four game uh-huh. yeah the, and it's like the classic alchemy party trick and it's Nina and Alexander playing and then just the person says this makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> yes 
just a little something to to lighten the mood because i mean all comedy stems from tragedy let's be honest yes <laughs> uh, yeah all oh, right no. i i just found another one Uh-oh. that's like um have you ever played or seen animal crossing yeah there's <laughs> like a, i don't know <laughs> I don't know. Can you see this? Oh my word! That's horrifying. <laughs> Brother, Edward. Edward. Okay, Edward. All right, let's get um, to the outro. <laughs> yeah, because we've been talking for a while. Um, so we again, we both have favorite line of the episode is the yep. same. Yep. Um, it's that. The big where Ed's like word. Word. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. Um, so basically, Ed says, uh, "Uh, we we know we're not devils. I know we're not gods. We're human. Um, we're only human." Yeah. When yep. he screamed that, that's what got me. Yep. Uh, and I think that. Oh man, it's this is such an important episode because that's kind of like at least for me like the one of the biggest messages of the show is that yeah. you know they're only human. Yes. Um and then what did we learn a slash more moral of the episode or like the theme throughout? Yes. Um I found some correlations between this episode and a Bible story, actually, uh, the story of Mara. Mara. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, basically, um, Martha is the older sister, and she spends all her time um, when when with Jesus. She wants to, you know, make food for him, clean the house for him. She's worried about being a great hostess. Mary takes time and just sits next to Jesus and talks with him and listens to him. And the the point of this story is that there's the one who works too much versus the one who makes time for the important stuff. There will be time to work later, but you want to spend time with the people around you because, I mean, you won't always have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good moral of the episode. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I mean, we've mentioned lots of things, so. Oh, yeah, totally. Not like that. And then who pushed the story forward in the episode? Um, that would be Tucker and Nina. Um, hmm. I just think that their, their, their whole story, as, as Megan mentioned earlier, it's kind of a call to action. Um, part of the story where something tragic has happened. Yeah. Uh, that you know makes 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 the goal of the story even more important. Ed and now getting their getting their bodies back. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. and with that, that concludes. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk four. about YouTube? Yeah. Okay. So we are working on. A YouTube channel. Hopefully, it'll be up and kicking by the time this airs. But um, we're going to have Beyond the Gate YouTube channel. So basically, we'll be 
compiling playlists of videos we've watched that explain Brotherhood or or the original FMA. Um, have some great insights, and we'll be saving playlists with great songs, like all of Amelie's covers of Full Metal Alchemist. And we'll talk about next week. Oh, yes. And um, I'm also working on taking the audio from our podcast and just like, you know, putting it to a, a background kind of like audiobooks do on YouTube. So if you can't access a podcast platform, you can listen to us on YouTube. And we might have fun little animatics, cartoons, bloopers, or whatever on YouTube, as well as our Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And just please comment, like this uh, podcast on wherever you're listening to it on, and feel free yes. to email us or Instagram message us. Yeah, about uh, anything. Comments, suggestions, art. yeah, art, memes. Yeah, memes. <laughs> love to see it all yes so all right well we will sign off and um we look forward to next week's episode yeah (laughs) thanks for listening bye all right bye (laughs)